0: Welcome to Hastings Outdoors. Straight from the Mississippi Flyway to your hearts. Let's go! <laughs> oh, I'm a-coming and mean it to me. I need it so bad. Oh, I mean it to me. I need it so bad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hastings Outdoors. I am your host, Andrew Cumminti, not live as always, in true Hastings Outdoors fashion. Slow down. From the one, the only Hastings Outdoor studio located in the Dream Building Garage. Come on in, kick your feet up, have a seat, and relax, and let's get to it, guys. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope this finds you well. And if not, hey, hang in there. You'll get through it. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, hey, you're almost to the weekend. So that's always good. That's always good, guys. It really is. Uh, so I hope this finds you well. I hope you're doing well. And I, I, hope, I hope if you guys are still out there getting after and hunting, I hope that, that uh, whatever's left of your season is going great. Because uh, most of it was kind of a bummer. But hey, that's not the point. Um, well, it kind of is. I don't know. Jury's out on that one, guys. So. Without further ado, guys, let's get to the mission statement of Hastings Outdoors. I know we talk about this a lot, but it's important, guys. It really is important. The the heart and soul of of hunting, of the outdoors, of all that stuff is conservation and it really should be if it's not um but any guys uh sharing my waterfowl and outdoor experience to pr- to promote the participation and conservation of our natural resources that is it guys trying to promote a conservation mindset uh get people involved in conservation get people involved in the outdoors hunting fishing whatever it may be and uh trying to promote conservation because without it guys we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the ability to go hunting or fishing or hiking or anything like that it'd be a concrete jungle full of smog Hashtag China. Oh shoot, <clears throat> edit that out. <clears throat> Sorry, no offense, China. I love your food. Uh, anywho, guys, um, <laughs> I hope this finds you well, guys. I hope you're, I hope you're having a good day. I really do. I really do. So, guys, um, by the time you're hearing this, the the first round of the decal giveaway has come to a close. Es terminado. Es nomás. And uh, so, congrats to uh, everyone who. Uh, was able to get one of these for free via the USPS and yours truly. Um, But uh, that being said, guys, I'm looking to get rid of all these things. All these things right here, right here, all of them. Oh yeah, look, listen to that stack of decals right there. Uh, I'm looking to get rid of all these guys for free as long as USPS can deliver it to your door um that's or your mailbox i should say uh that's what i'm doing and so there you go if you guys want one stay tuned for the next uh next giveaway i'm not sure what i'm going to do just yet but uh, more information to come uh, for sure and so uh, with that that being said got that out of the way guys let's let's uh let's get into the project updates the project updates guys and so for the project updates uh, guys i have a couple hunts left i know it's the end of the season and I've said so many times I don't like having projects at the end of the season. I wish all my stuff was just up to par and everything was working great. And blah blah blah. Yeah, I get it. That's ideal, right? But hey, uh, life happens, so you got to improvise, adapt, and overcome for sure. So uh, uh, during the last podcast, I actually I had the uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of this silly blind guys, and it's driving me nuts to be honest with you because I really should, <laughs> I really should remember that. Um, but the uh, gilly. One Man, I believe it is. Uh, yeah, the One Man Modular Blind uh, by Drake Waterfowl. That that literally arrived moments before I started the podcast. I was actually getting, getting ready to hit record, and uh, FedEx showed up with it. So that was kind of cool. Um, but hey, uh, I'm not sure what to think about that rascal just yet because um, this is the second blind I've ordered from Drake Waterfowl. And they make good stuff. I love their camo, like I've talked about before. Um, they make good stuff. It seems, it seems like decent decent stuff as far as the blinds go. Um, but this blind and, and the other blind, the three-man running gun, it's a bit of origami. It's a bit of aluminum origami. And uh, <laughs> uh, fortunately, though, this blind did actually come with some instructions. The uh, three-man running gun did not come with any instructions whatsoever. So um, it's not that hard to figure out. But um, it, it would be nice to actually verify that you're doing things properly and whatnot, at least that that's my opinion. But the uh, one-man uh, modular panel dealio, it came with uh, a, a little sheet of like assembly, not really assembly instructions, but um, I, I don't know the proper term to be for it, uh, uh, setup instructions and how to unfold this rascal and this this, this crazy whatever nightmare and uh, assemble it essentially, or finish assembling it, setting it up, blah, blah, blah for use in the field all that good stuff. Well, it it was frustrating nonetheless because um one there I, I did find a a piece of the uh camo fabric that was torn and that was a little upsetting. It's not the end of the world, guys, and I'm not looking to get my you know, I'm not looking to get anything free from Drake Waterfowl for that, but it is kind of a bummer that you order something brand new and then it shows up torn not so bueno, but, uh, it's a bummer, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be an issue, let's put it that way, kind of, kind of a bummer, but that's it, um, but the thing that's driving me nuts right now is, is the sides of this blind, um, it has, oh, it's try to, it's, it's kind of hard to d- describe the shape of it, it's got a bit of a curve to the front, the front panel, and then it has, uh, kind of wings on the side that stick out to help, you know, kind of hide you, really, and, uh, it has, uh it, uh, it's built with basically like uh somewhere around three quarter to one inch aluminum square tubing, and uh it has little tubes that run through the panel the uh canvas blind material and it's supposed to hold it up and kind of enclose you on the sides a little bit better and uh, i can't figure out how those are supposed to work um there's no way to really attach them to something it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really seem to clip into anything. And I'm not really sure how they're really attached because the camo is actually over it. And I can't really see anything inside. Um, And so not sure what's going on there, guys. Um, But it's frustrating, nonetheless, because they're supposed to, you know, lift up and sit horizontal uh, with the rest of the blind. Uh, But they just they just hang. They they won't. There's literally no tension or nothing to hold them up. Uh, it, it seems like it's just a loose piece of metal in there. And I'm not sure what's going on with that. And it's really frustrating. I actually rushed out to uh, Drake Waterfowl's customer service about this. And I, I explained to them, hey, the uh, side arms for this, they're not they are not standing up. Um, how do I attach them? Is there something I'm missing? Whatever it may be. I literally, I, I, I tried to explain it. I got a sneeze. Holy cow. Get to the chopper. All right, sorry. That sneeze came out of nowhere, guys. Fortunately, I have the uh, sneeze button. But anywho, so these these arms, they, there's no way to fasten them. There's no way to uh, uh, to attach them. It, it's like it's literally just hanging in this canvas, and I don't I don't know what to do with it. Um, and like I said, I reached out to Drake Waterfalls customer service, explained the situation, just like I did to you guys, um, trying to not trying to. Um, Again, I'm not looking for any any, any freebies, any, any whatever. I'm not looking to get something from them other than some information on how to use their product. And uh, whoever it was, uh, whichever customer service person responded, I'm not, I'm not going to try to put anybody on blast here or, or anything like that, but whichever customer service person it was that responded, they said, they, they literally just sent me the instructions. It's like they copied and pasted the, the instructions that I had already. So that was a bit frustrating. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe I didn't explain it well enough, you know. That whatever, I'll I'll try again. I'll I'll, I'll you know explain myself a little bit better, and so on. Okay, and uh, I did that, and then they sent <laughs> they sent the PDF of the instructions, and I, I was like, okay, they're they're clearly not understanding what I'm what I'm asking, and man, nose is running a little bit now. It's weird. So they're clearly not understanding what I'm getting at, and so I literally took a picture of the blind. And uh, on my phone, circled the area that I'm I'm wanting information for. Sent that to him as I, and and I was being I was being polite, guys. There's no need to be rude to a customer service person. They're they're just doing their job. And hey, let's be honest, guys. Some people aren't good at their jobs, but they're still a human being who deserves respect. Uh, at least for being a human being. Anywho, um, so I, I circled the picture. and I said, "Hey, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just hanging. I don't know what to do with this. It's it's not functional right now." how do i what do i need to do to make this work as it should you know what what i need to do here and um i literally got a picture back of the i think it was the uh the instructions again and so <laughs> i'm not sure if it's i'm not sure if this is just an automated thing i don't know what it is i'm i'm, I'm hoping if it's a person that maybe they just they were just having a rough day i don't know i'm going to reach out to them one more time i'll try to call them get them on the phone and, and try to explain the situation to him and i'm I'm not upset with Drake waterfowl by any means guys I get it you know everyone's busy. everyone has a lot going on and who knows this person could have had a lot going on personally and they just they just weren't able to give hundred percent whatever it may be so you know n- nothing against them. God bless them and um, but it's frustrating in the least because I have this blind i'm looking looking to try and use it here in the near future uh, with the remaining time I have for for Canada goose season here guys. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I may just end up uh, figuring it out myself, but we'll see. But hey, that's project updates, guys. That's about it. That's all I got going. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend, and I- I'm looking forward to uh, getting after it, <laughs> getting after those geese uh, while I still can. And um, and yeah, definitely uh, definitely frustrated with the whole Canada goose situation right now because I've been, I've been doing a little more scouting uh, here, there, and whatnot in areas that I can hunt and really trying to capitalize on the time I have left. And it's really frustrating because uh, uh, during my scouting, I haven't really seen much to write home about. Um, a couple of birds here and there at random. Nothing too spectabulous. Um, but <laughs> ironically enough, guys, um, I just noticed this, uh, this uh, Monday uh, driving into work that... Um, <laughs> I spent all this time scouting for birds and I've spent a lot of time scouting for birds here lately, uh, almost every day. And I, I drive into work Monday morning and on the retention pond, not too far from where I park, uh, there's every bit of a hundred, a hundred Canada geese sitting on this retention pond at, uh, about four forty five in the morning. <sighs> So here, here it is the weekend, you know, the, on the weekend, I spent a bunch of time scouting and, and, and that kind of thing. I pull into work Monday morning and guess what? There's a bunch of geese right there in a place that no one can hunt. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Cause I, I felt like, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I felt like they were, I felt like they were mocking me. I felt like they were just, just, just taunting me like, ha ha, you can't do anything about it. And that's, that's accurate. That's highly accurate. I get it. But uh, it's, it's been this whole week guys, this whole week for me, I've been driving into work, seeing these freaking Canada geese and it's driving me up a wall. And unfortunately by the time my break rolls around, they're already gone because I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I've I've really been hoping to get out there and, and, and see them take off and try to see which direction they're heading. And then, you know, shortly after I get off work, uh try to head in that direction and see if I can see them in the field somewhere and then knock on a door or something like that and make something happen. But Every time <clears throat> every time I go to break, man, they're long gone. And uh it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's like they're teasing me. They they, they know the end is near and they're just rubbing it in my face. Those rascals. Those dirty rascals. Silly Canadians. Anywho's it's <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um but uh as promised in the last episode, guys, I wanted to <clears throat> goodness gracious, clear my throat. That'd be nice. I wanted to uh in this episode i wanted to talk about some of the things that i have learned uh since i started waterfowl hunting two years ago and this past season for sure and just try to share some <clears throat> excuse me trying to get situated here uh try to sh- share some tips tricks things i've learned along the way uh struggles i've had um that kind of thing and and um maybe just some new stuff that i tried and, and try to give you uh, guys my thoughts and opinion on that and and whatnot and so here we go guys i actually made notes I actually made notes, guys. I don't often do this, but I made notes. You can't really see it there. I do apologize. Bit of a glare there, but I made notes. That I promise you this paper, if you're watching this, this paper is not blank. <laughs> oh, there you go. You can, see, you can see little bits of it there. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like, hey, guys, I made notes, like a politician, like, oh, yeah, I'm reading off this important information, and then, oh, there's a blank paper. Uh, no, guys, I actually made notes, but uh, anywho, guys, I'm having fun, guys. Are you guys having fun out there? I know you're at work. Uh, well, most of you are probably at work listening to this. If you're, you know, if you're at work, hey, man, you can still have fun. Um, you don't have to like, just pro tip, guys, pro tip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know this right now, especially you young guns out there, young gentlemen out there who are, are, are coming of age, uh, you know, you know trying, to, trying to earn a living, be a man, that kind of thing, looking, looking towards the future, making money, that whatever it is. You young bucks out there, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give you a secret a little tip here that, that uh, I, I learned probably the hard way, maybe, uh, but I definitely learned after I, after I, I got married and had children. Um, but uh, if you learn this earlier, the better. So you don't have to necessarily like your job. You just have to do it well. Does it help if you do like your job? Absolutely. But if you have a good-paying job and you can do it well, Liking it's not necessarily a requirement, at least for a while. Now, y- y- there is a caveat to that. Um, <coughs> it-, it always helps if you do like your job, but uh, hey, if it's paying the bills, if if you're if you're able to put a little bit of money away, um, if it's a decent working environment, whatever it may be, you're not required to like it. You just got to do it. Now, that being said, you can always look for something you do like and, and keep your eyes open and. And uh, and and look for you know something you would like to do, but if you have a job, be thankful and do it to the best of your ability. Anywho, it's, let's dive into the content. <laughs> Try not to get on too many soapboxes here. Uh, but yeah, anywho. So guys, things I have learned over the past couple of years and this year specifically, and and this is primarily going to be going to be. Uh, uh, about, uh, hunting on the water, uh, for the most part, because that's what I have the most exposure to. Uh, if I if there's enough time uh, or experience, I should say not exposure. If there's enough time, then I I will try to, uh, share some things that I'm learning. I'm still learning as far as field hunts go, that kind of thing. But, uh, anywho, so one of the biggest things that I tried to focus on this year and and really the past couple years in general was concealment guys. Um, concealment in case you guys aren't aware, concealment is the key to hunting, I, I, honestly, guys, I would rather have not so bueno decoys, and um, uh, well, I actually, yeah, let's just—I'll I'll go with that. I would rather have crappy old decoys you got on Facebook Marketplace uh, for like forty bucks, and a cheap shotgun that you picked up from a local store for like mm, two hundred eighty bucks, and a a a so-so boat with a with a with a horrible horrible long tail on it. And less than ideal equipment as long as you could conceal well um and I will say if your decoys are just atrocious that's not going to help you too much um but I don't think it's going to hurt as much as not being concealed um so with my hunting experience uh, besides or outside of waterfowl hunting uh with years of whitetail hunting experience and, and whatnot um concealment is key guys. It really is movement, uh, you know, keeping your movement down, um, and, and basically sitting still and being hid well is, is numero uno really. And so, uh, with waterfowl hunting that I really wanted to emphasize that as much as I could this year. And, um, <clears throat> this year, uh, for this season, obviously I had the new boat, the new blind, the kayak. I had a lot of new things this year that I, I upgraded I, or upgraded or whatever from the previous season. And, um, so there was a bit of a learning curve with all this stuff and and a lot of stuff to try and figure out on the fly. But, um, I guess we'll just step back into my first season. My first season I had that, um, it was, the, uh, it was an almost sneak boat. Not really. It was, it was a, a, like kind of a little bit of an oversized sneak boat. And, um, I ended up putting a blind on it uh, just because it, it was glass over wood. It was kind of heavy.'t uh, It didn't, it didn't uh, draft too deep in the water. I mean meaning it floated pretty high in the water. Um, but it was just it was just heavy, and it was really hard to try and get that thing beached because the propulsion on that was a oh I don't know, the 212 CC or whatever, somewhere around five horse uh, long tail motor. The boat was completely underpowered. And that long tail was a pain in the butt to use on that boat and a pain in the butt in general um i'm I'm just not a fan of of long tails um, they do have their purpose and they do they do survey purpose i should say uh but generally speaking i i it's less than ideal uh for me um i'm not a fan of it uh, but um I put a blind on it uh just to try and it was it was the only feasible option in my mind and and in my ex- experience at the time. That was the only way to do it. And I put a blind on it, and I grassed it out like crazy. And and so as far as that goes, it looked great. Uh, but um it wasn't it wasn't ideal. I was just trying to make the best of what I had. And so moving forward this for this season, I uh actually during last season, I picked up the the hole for the Dragonfly Three, the sixteen fifty two Big John, and um I picked it up and started working on it last season, uh, when I wasn't hunting and whatnot, uh, to have it ready for really ready for fishing in the spring this past spring, and then to get it ready for hunting, uh, this past fall. And so that's what I did. And then part of that, uh, in part of that was I wanted to hunt from this boat and have it as an option for hunting. And so I needed to get a blind for it somehow. And then I ended up trading a uh, bow fishing bow for the blind. It's an Avery quick set blind. Uh, it's a decent blind. It, it's used, so it's not. It's not. It's nothing fancy, uh, but it's a decent blind. It, it it works well, and I think I think it. Uh, it definitely. It definitely makes it easy it's easy to hide the boat and to actually grass it in, and that kind of thing. But um, one thing I I ran into for sure this year, or this season I should say, is the 1652 with that Avery quick set is a lot. Of work for a solo hunt and um, really I didn't take it out by myself that much um, until I until I really uh, until until it became evident that most of the waterfowl were sticking towards larger bodies of water um, and that there wasn't much for migration it really it really focused uh, the waterfowl on bigger bodies of water that's that's when I switched to the boat uh, but setting the Avery quick setup by myself um and then, you know, hiding the 1652 John and and whatnot, it was it's a lot of work. Uh the setup isn't as bad as the teardown because um obviously it's easier to take stuff off than just put stuff on. Uh but and, and meaning like wrapping it up and all that stuff. It's it's a lot easier to unwrap it than it is to wrap it back up and bungee it and all that stuff. And so it was just it, it honestly it got to the point, guys, where I considered just not hunting from the boat, period. And uh I'm still moving towards that direction as much as possible and um it just it was I don't know with the two man with two two guys in that boat it wasn't a bad deal uh on the hunts that Alamo was able to get out with me it wasn't bad but uh just it man it it just seemed like a lot of work by myself and um I'm not afraid of hard work but guys I had to get out there I had to get out to the spot I was going to hunt a good uh, three-ish hours before shooting light, just to make sure I had time to get set up before shooting light. And there were several times where I was just finishing up setting up, and, and I didn't really have time to grasp much in by shooting light, and it was really frustrating, guys. And so, um, just words the wise: uh, Hey, if you got if you're wanting to go duck hunting and you want to get a a 1652 or a decent sized John boat like that, um, keep in mind. Uh, it seems like the bigger the boat, the more the work and, um, yeah. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if you guys are looking into that, uh, I don't recommend it if you're a solo hunter, I don't, it's a good option to have nonetheless, if you want to take, uh, you know, say like I wanted to take Alamo out there to get him into waterfowl hunting. And that was a good option to have for that for sure. Uh, but, and it's just, it's a lot of work guys. Uh, because when I would go out, uh, when I would go out hunting with the the dragonfly three, i would have the kayak i would have the decoys and so the front half of the boat's loaded up with decoys and gear the kayak's on the side of the boat and i would i would obviously launch it and that's no big deal launching is not a problem but uh once i get to the spot i've got to find where i want to set up based on the wind i got to find somewhere to hide this thing and um hiding it's an issue hiding it really is an issue you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal um, if you got, there's certain places where I went that had lots of tall grass, tall, uh, tall reeds, cattails, all that stuff that I could pretty much kind of tuck this thing up in, but it just, it just, it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel like it was hid well. And, uh, a lot of times by the time I got it set up, like I said, guys, I didn't have time to really grass this thing in. And that I think really, really hurt on, on a few hunts for sure. So, word of the wise, guys, if you are wanting a decent-sized boat for waterfowl hunting, then um, just know what you're getting into. Um, but it's a cool boat, and the blind's pretty cool, and it's it's not a bad setup for a couple of dudes, maybe three guys, but uh, other than that, guys, if you're if if you looking to get into hunting as a solo hunter like I did, you don't know anybody that really hunts, uh, you don't have anybody to go with, and you're wanting to just go on your own, I strongly... I shouldn't say that I don't necessarily recommend starting with the John boat I don't um if anything I if you're if you're just wanting to get into it and try it out I recommend a kayak for sure and definitely a canoe for sure but a kayak because uh worst case scenario if you don't like it you can still use the kayak for fishing and fun stuff uh you can still use the canoe for that too but kayaks seem to be the popular thing nowadays so there you go Another, another little tidbit about that, guys. oh my gosh, this is good stuff. So uh, the, uh, <laughs> the original outboard I had on this on the Dragonfly 3, the 40 horse, 1986 40 Horse Johnson, I um, uh, I don't, need, I don't even know what the mechanism is, mechanism is called, but on most outboards, when you lift them up, it'll have a locking mechanism to kind of keep it lifted up. Don't know what it's called, but on that, on that old outboard, that part was broken. And so the only way I could I could get the boat close to shore <laughs> was to try and hold that thing up. And, and at, there was a couple times where I would li- literally take a ratchet strap and hook it to the back of the, uh, the outboard hood and then uh, attach it to the uh, transom well or something like that and ratchet it a little bit to hold this thing up and hope it didn't turn while I was trying to maneuver the boat. And then there was actually a couple times, guys, where I found decent spots where I could kind of wade. It was relatively firm-ish. He only sank about a foot, but um, where I could get out and kind of push the boat up and stuff like that, which by the way, trying to push and drag a 1652, a fully loaded 1652 John up on shore or next to shore or next to reeds uh, by yourself, it's a bit of work. You're going to break a sweat for sure. Uh, No bueno. But uh, there was a couple of times where this this outboard just wouldn't stay up and I'd be in the water trying to lift it up and uh, there was one time... (laughs) Oh my goodness, there was one time I was trying to lift this thing up so I could push the boat, and then when I lifted it up, I didn't realize that I was pulling the the outboard back to or the outboard, the outboard and the boat back towards me a little bit, and I ended, I ended up knocking myself back on my butt in the water. And uh it was so frustrating because I was I, my feet were kind of planted in the muck and the boat's coming towards me, and, and next thing I know, I'm just I'm sitting on the bottom of the lake. My my feet are still kind of stuck. The boat's in my face, and I'm I'm still holding on to everything, so my hands didn't get wet, and it didn't it didn't <laughs> the water didn't come over my waders, so that was cool. But here I am sitting. I'm like, Eah! I felt like such a such a goofball out there. Like, oh my gosh, like come on, this is ridiculous. And and so after fighting with that from for a good three quarters of the season, that's when I I got the 1987 40 horse with tilt and trim on there. And, uh, yeah, that, that was far, far superior option. I don't know why it took me so long to do that, (laughs) but Hey, Hey, problem solved, right? So lesson learned guys, if you have a decent size outboard on a decent size boat, um, tilt and trim is the way to go. And, uh, just keep in mind, it it seems like for solo hunts, the bigger, the bigger, the boat, the more the work. Uh, and, And that's, that's just my take on it guys. But, um, Yeah. Oh man! good times good times finding yourself in the pitch black sitting on the bottom of the lake uh wondering wondering what you 're doing what you 're doing out there oh fun stuff, fun stuff and um i 'm I'm gonna get back to my list here guys and so for um for this season guys uh, i i got new decoys uh, I was able to purchase a decent amount of decoys on sale through Roger sporting goods uh last spring uh in anticipation and and preparation for this coming waterfowl season. And um, I, I didn't know too much about Final Approach uh, before really last spring. I knew they were a waterfowl brand. Uh, I wasn't too familiar with what all they had, that kind of thing. I knew of them. I didn't know much about them really. Um, and I, Rogers is working with uh, Final Approach, and they do have good deals on Final Approach gear. And so they actually were having a really good sale. On final approach, decoys, and so I picked up all. all my decoys are relatively new uh, through Roger Sporting Goods, and um, I picked up a dozen of the Last Pass mallards, which I talked about a little bit. They're a little bit smaller. It's actually this guy right here, and no Alamo. I'm not trying to embarrass you, uh, but it's this guy right here. It is a it's a mallard decoy, a floater, uh, but it's it's almost half the size, or or just it's it's about half the size, really, guys, of a full size mallard floater um and so i didn't i didn't realize that when i ordered them i wasn't paying that much attention and uh i thought oh well it's it's a dozen decoys for i don't remember how much it was uh but uh when they showed up i was like oh hey wait a minute (laughs) wait a minute and then i did some research online and realized hey it's actually designed that way if i don't know if it was designed that way or not or if that's just a clever cover-up but um (laughs) either way I, i i surprised myself with that and uh, then uh, I picked up a six pack of the HD mallards, which make those things look like babies. And then a dozen of the Last Pass Canada floaters. Um, now, the, Can- the Last Pass Canada floaters are actually a little bit smaller too, which is, is kind of annoying um, because I also didn't know about that. So uh, basically, I don't know if this is, is, this is a general rule of thumb, but anything Last Pass through FA is going to be a touch smaller than the quote unquote full size, uh, just so you guys are aware. Uh, their, their, decoys look great. Uh, there's nothing against them. Uh, but the one, the one thing I thought was interesting was, uh, I am not sure I don't have enough data on this yet, but I did use these last pass in conjunction with the HD mallards and then some other full size mallards that I had, um, and whatnot, and they are noticeably smaller. And so what I ended up doing was I ended up trying to space them out. Uh, the smaller ones, the uh, last pass mallards, I tried to space them out a little bit away from the, the HDs and the other full size uh, decoys that I had just to m- hopefully make it not look so obvious. Um, because if you put them side by side, okay, either this looks like a normal mallard and the other ones look like giants, or these look like tiny little mallards and the other ones look normal. Either way, it, it just, I don't, know if, I don't know if it will affect hunting. But uh, it just, it, it was off-putting, to say the least. And it just, it was very, very obvious. Very obvious. And so I'm not sure if that really affects the, the hunt or if it really hurts the, the chances of, of, of decoying birds. I'm not sure. But uh, the, just throwing that out there for you guys. And then uh, along with that, guys, I, I did pick up a four-pack of cupped waterfowl feeder butts. Um, last year, I, I, I also picked up a Mojo Spinner. Uh, via facebook marketplace and then another thing i picked up was the lucky duck quiver magnet which it seems like a really cool idea it does um it's if you guys don't know about it's a little waterproof canister that floats you attach it to a uh, texas rig you throw it out into your spread uh well you turn it on throw it into your spread and it's got a little oscillating motor in there and it it puts ripples on the water awesome awesome idea right the only problem is is I don't know if I got a defective one or not, but that thing is loud. <laughs> like super loud. When the when the uh the uh oh what do they what do they call it? Uh was it offset or whatever the the off the counterbalance the weight on there that makes it vibrate uh with that little little motor. Um when that thing was rotating and spinning, I I could literally hear it in the wall like hear it from twenty ish yards away, just and it was so annoying and the problem with that is guys it i don't know if they all do that so hey uh take it for what it's worth but um i only took it on a couple of no win days where there's not that much noise to begin with and i'm not sure if again i'm not sure if that makes uh would make a difference on on um on the the success of the hunt or not this year this past season was kind of a bad season to really really get any kind of concrete data on this especially in the mississippi flyway and so um I don't know, guys. The one thing I do know is I took it out on <laughs> no wind days, and it will drive you crazy. It'll drive you crazy. Uh, just for however many hours you're sitting out there, and it's it's extremely frustrating. I was just hoping and praying uh, after about half an hour of that that the batteries would just die or it would sink or something because it was just driving me up a wall. I think at one point in time on one of the hunts, I actually did just kayak out there and, and, and pull the thing and turn it off so I didn't have to hear it. Like I said, I don't know if I got a fluke, but it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. It puts ripples on the water. Um, and, and, yeah, so it, I don't know. I don't know. Cool idea, but it just, good Lord, it was annoying. And so uh, along, in conjunction with the, with upgrading my decoys, uh, in the previous season, guys, I had a bunch of decoys from Facebook Marketplace and um, a bunch of old flambos and, and a hodgepodge of whatever I could find. Uh, at a decent price that, that, that didn't look like they were a thousand years old or beat to crap, but also weren't, you know, it's not somebody trying to sell his five-year, five-year-old avian x mallard decoys for $400. Um, that kind of thing, you, you know, how it goes, man, everybody's trying to get rich off the marketplace nowadays, but, uh, it, it, I upgraded my decoys and that definitely didn't hurt. I'm not sure if it helped though, because this year was, it was, it was a, a horrible year, but, um, Last season, I did pick up the motion duck spreader, and really, really, I, I I was interested in this thing because I didn't know much about waterfowl hunting, and I, I still have lots to learn for sure. I didn't know much about waterfowl hunting, uh, but uh, I every every podcast I listened to, every YouTube channel I watched, um, everything, every every everything I I had uh, digested as far as information goes, uh, was saying you got to have motion in the spread. And so on those, on the no wind days where there's not a lot of wind or not enough wind to move your decoys and put ripples on the water, um, you got to have some kind of motion, whether it be a jerk rig or, uh, maybe even that quiver magnet that I was talking about, something like that to put motion or, or ripples on the water, that kind of thing. And so I picked up a, the motion duck spreader. Um, and I tell you what, guys, I really love the concept of the motion duck spreader, but uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys in the past two seasons that I, well, my only two seasons, I should say in my two seasons of waterfowl experience and my two seasons of trying to use this thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not necessarily sold. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad product. I'm not saying it's a bad company. I'm not exactly sold on it yet. Um, Now, i do need to look into uh either buying the shallow water adapter kit uh because that's a lot a lot of the stuff i ran into was um getting that thing caught up in weeds and uh all that and so that was a bit of an issue uh but um i i don't know so i don't know jury's out i should say guys to say the least uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll take some duct tape or something like that and just tape those little arms on the end down so it, it'll run better in shallower water. Um, I I don't know. But uh, the one issue it was really frustrating for me to, to do this by myself because um, the the biggest issue I had with this thing was that uh, the string or the the cord that came with it was really hard to manage. It's a very fine string, and it doesn't. It's really hard to to wrap this thing up and to um to use it, and actually I end up I end up losing that thing this season, and and so a very fine string it got tangled on everything, and it was just a pain in the butt, and it was it, honestly guys it was kind of like a kite string to be honest with you, uh, that's what came with it, and it was really frustrating because that didn't seem substantial enough for what it was, and um I actually ended up tearing it a couple of times and having to retie it. And, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I lost this thing because I was getting so frustrated with it that I I, I literally was at the point that I didn't want to use the spreader anymore. And uh, after losing that, guys, I, I was trying to think of a way or, or something I can use, something I can do uh, to make this a little bit more manageable, a little bit easier to use. And what I came up with was I, 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 I took a just a, a snap swivel and I tied it onto the end of some old decoy uh, string I had it's it's about the same size as cons, what I call construction string and so um that's what I ended up doing and um yeah it worked out pretty good but the the, the issue I had the real issue I had was managing all this string because it it uh, solo hunting this uh, specifically and and especially in places you can't wade i needed a way to manage this so it's not getting tangled up i'm not i'm not paddling into my string getting tangled up in the in the paddle uh, and, and, trying to kayak with it. And it was just a nightmare guys. So what I ended up doing is I took a chalk line that I had laying around. I emptied it out, washed all the chalk out. Uh, and I, I wound that uh, decoy string up on that. And then I, I ended up painting it all flat black and stuff like that. And that worked out pretty good. That worked out pretty good. Um, but Hey, I don't know guys there. I, like I said, maybe there's just not enough data to really, to really, really see if that motion duck spreader works or not. Uh, I've heard lots of guys say lots of good things about it and I've heard a lot of people who are who are working with motion ducks say a lot of good things about it. I don't know. It seems like a really cool concept, a really good idea, uh but um it's just it's just really frustrating because I I don't know, guys. It's been it's been a giant pain in the butt for me. So there's that. But uh I guess I guess yeah, I've kind of run out of time here, guys, but um some of, some of the biggest things that I worked on this this season specifically was, like I said, concealment, trying to hide better, uh, trying to make sure I get out there with enough time to actually grasp the blind as much as possible and find a decent spot to hide. And then uh, the other thing was working on the spread. Um, in my first season um, of waterfowl hunting, I really didn't have too many options as far as... Um, Oh, I, I didn't have many options as far as good places to hide. But the, the big issue I ran into is I didn't have a good way to retrieve birds. So once I got that little over glorified sneak boat hid, it was a pain in the butt trying to get that thing off ashore shore because I didn't have I, most of the places I was hunting. You couldn't really wade and I didn't really have a good option as far as uh, retrieval goes. And so that's why I ended up getting the kayak this year. So I could dump the kayak and go get a bird, come back. And, um, last season, oh my gosh, it was just a pain in the butt. And so, I, I wasn't very good at uh, setting the spread last year because, I, like I said, I couldn't wade. I, I had issues with um, it, once I shot a bird or whatever, getting the boat out and so on. And and so this year, I really wanted to focus in on on getting the spread set decent and looking good and whatnot. And and so using the kayak absolutely helped for that. And actually finding places that I could wade helped tremendously with that. But I I wanted to make sure I got out there with enough time to grasp the blind in, and then also make sure the spread looked good. Um, I think that actually helped tremendously. And one of the things I did is I I spread the decoys out a little bit more and I, I took my time to make the, um, Oh, I just lost the term, make the pocket bigger. Um, not huge by any means, you know, I don't, I am trying to direct traffic here, uh, but make the pocket a little bit bigger. And that definitely seemed to help this year for sure. Which uh, if it honestly, guys, if you find something that helped and worked this year, it's probably going to work, uh, most other times because this year was a really rough year, really hard to get, really hard to get birds, at least in my area of Northern, Northern Indiana to get birds this year, guys. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of a, a brief overview of some of the things I've learned um some of that may be kind of not so entertaining for you guys, but hey hopefully you guys learned something along the way. Uh, another thing I learned too is uh uh if you're going to <laughs> if you're going to hunt geese uh practice your calling like crazy yeah that that was a big one uh but here's here's some some uh, hopefully funnier tips and tricks for you guys so um one thing I definitely learned this year i uh, as you guys know, I added the Canada decoys to the spread this year and um I, with the hopes of harvesting Canada's this year, and uh, one thing I definitely learned is if you are using if you are using number four shot because you're not expecting to see any Canada's and uh, some geese come in, um, using number four shot on Canada's always double tap, always double tap on those Canada's with the number four shot, if not triple tap. Uh, that's that's a good lesson. Um, what's, what's the other one here, guys? Oh, also if you're breaking ice uh, using your kayak paddle. Um, eventually the kayak paddle will break uh so there's that uh they are pretty durable and pretty stout but uh everything has its limit and i definitely found that this season um oh my goodness what else uh oh yeah also if you're hunting <laughs> you'll like this one uh, if you're hunting with a buddy and you push your buddy uh out of the weeds with his in his kayak to go fix a uh, fix decoy or something like that uh make sure he has an uh a uh an oar with him or his kayak paddle that's always a good thing uh there's actually one one hunt where uh uh Alamo and I went out in a kayak hunt and uh i I think we we're fixing decoys uh something uh, trying to get set up and fix decoys and uh something just i think we had a decoy going to walk about it the anchor wasn't long enough the rig wasn't long enough something something to that effect and um yeah so Alamo almo almo volunteered uh, as tribute uh, to to in the kayak and go fix it to retrieve it whatever it was. And uh, I assumed he had his paddle with him, and I sent him off on his on his merry way <laughs> uh, without a paddle. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> oh goodness, I can't remember if he dropped his paddle or whatever happened. Uh, but uh, yeah, good times, good times. Alamo's hands definitely got cold as he's trying to paddle back. Oh, <clears throat> oh, good stuff. And um, one la- one last thing, guys. Um, just, this is a a tip, an overall tip for waterfowl hunting in general. If the birds are committed to landing in the spread, if they are cupped feet down coming to the pocket and they are, they are coming in textbook looking great. Don't rush the shot. Don't rush the shot. That's one of the things I definitely learned. Uh, I, I learned the hard way my first season, um, getting a little eager and a little impatient and, uh, and not letting the birds really come on in and rushing the shot because uh, if if you don't let them come in far enough, they still have time to bail out. And uh, why not wait for a better shot anyway? That's, I, I used, to, oh my gosh, my first season I, be, I beat myself up over that because I would get so, so excited, so anxious, and so impatient because I'd finally get birds working. I'd finally get birds committed and then I'd rush the shot and well, oh, well, there's that, there's that no birds for the day. And, uh, yeah, th- don't worry, Almo. I'm not going to tell him about the time you did that and you learned that lesson too. It's fine, buddy. They don't know about that. Uh, but <laughs> gosh. one last thing, guys, I did learn that, uh, canoes are superior to kayaks. Uh, they can hold a lot more weight and, uh, they're just cool in general. That's just my opinion. But Hey, uh, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, Congrats again to uh, the guys or the guys, gals, whoever won these decals. And stay tuned for the next decal giveaway. If you guys can do me a huge favor, uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, guys. And uh, as always, uh, get out there, get after it, stay safe, get some meat on the table, get some meat in the freezer, and I'll catch you next time. Peace. Check out Hastings Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow all that good stuff. Thanks for listening.